sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning. You've landed on Teen Sports Radio. You're either on AMFM or Eternity Ready Radio. And a um, little love out there to Jeremiah Ferris. Thank you, Jeremiah, for all of the support for Eternity Ready Radio. And also now Eternity Ready Radio Africa. So Teen Sports Radio is way global. I'm really excited. we got a full house today. But we've got Dominique. She's en route. She's actually at the Something's Good Organic. And uh, what, do you, what do you want to talk about, Dominique? Well, so here's the farm. And uh, <laughs> if you're on Zoom and I've come to pick up my CSA package, I, uh, unfortunately, I was supposed to pick it up on Wednesday, but Carolyn was kind. So this is my box. Oh, my gosh. I've got lettuce. I've got <gasps> asparagus. And wow. Uh, radishes, huge radishes. Kale. Look at that. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, uh, purple cabbage and oh my gosh, potatoes, sweet potatoes, cauliflower. So I just wanted to give a shout out to something good organic. Thank you so much, Carolyn Givens. Woo! Well, Alex is all well. You know, he you inspired me to go remo- uh, mobile. Okay, on this because of what you're doing with your practice right now, Alex. Because you're focusing on food. And teen athletes need good food. They need to know where the food came from. So getting local organic produce, that's a good way to start your day every day, whether you throw the fruit and the vegetables in a smoothie or grill it, broil it. What do you say, Alex? Yeah, and my, this is Alex, uh, Fit for Life 805. Thanks for having me on Teen Sports Radio. Uh, absolutely. If you can go to organic and then definitely supporting those uh, local farmers you know, going directly from from farm to table to your table and cutting out the middleman of Trader Joe's and what other places you may shop at. I think that's the best approach. Uh, right now, I'm working on foods that have protein. So asparagus, spinach, kale, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, uh, they all help. Sweet potatoes are great for magnesium and pot- potassium. Women, you know, the elderly women, if you get in a menopause, you know, but for young athletes, Sweet potatoes are are a super food. Yeah, they can be a little tricky. Not everyone likes sweet potatoes, but I think they're delicious. So nice. Sweet all potato right, fries. Anthony, Anthony's all excited. <laughs> no, Anthony you're not digging it, Anthony. <laughs> Anthony, you're gonna yeah. come home this weekend. I'm gonna roast you some sweet potatoes. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> well, honestly, I eat some trees, any, though. Any potato will work, man. If you don't like sweet potatoes, just the more whole foods, the better. Uh, okay, I could do regular potatoes. Yeah, well, Sierra Boatwright, she's doing the bodybuilding, and I'm looking at her, and Sierra, you're, you look like you're, I don't know what words to use. What's, I say, we used to say ripped back in the old days, okay? <laughs> <laughs> if that's good or not. That was a bad yeah, that works. Yeah, do you like the uh, sweet potato? Like, what do you do? What do you, what do you yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Sierra Boatwright, licensed marriage family therapist, and yes, competitive bodybuilder, and really uh, enjoying this conversation about supporting our teen athletes in how nutrition influences their physical well-being. If you're an athlete, especially if you're a competitive athlete, 
Alex is totally right. You really need to be focusing on pure proteins and you definitely need to make sure that you've got a good portion of carbs. Post-training is especially important to replace the glycogen in your body. And overall, just as a mental health clinician, I want to just say that sleep, hydration, and nutrition are the pillars of your overall well-being. If you will focus on your sleep, your water intake and your whole food nutrition, your quality of life across the board will improve. So keep up your good training, play hard, work hard, enjoy your progress. And we're here at Teen Sports Radio to support you. Woo! Woohoo! Bang! Yeah. That was a mic drop right there. Okay, Stephanie, it. we got it. We, uh, you got to add, but I got to get to our recaps. What, what do you say? Just really quick, my dad's 93 years old, and last night he eats so well, it's insane. Anyhow, he made two big sweet potatoes and, and broccoli and, and Brussels sprouts, and that's how he eats all the time. He's very healthy. Woo, 93. I love it. Well, this generation is the centurion generation, I'll tell you. So in my practice, I probably had a dozen centurions. My oldest was like 105 three males and then one female, uh, three male centurions. You would think that the women would outlast men, but all of these males were just devoted athletes their whole life. They just always, I had one uh, the, on his hundredth birthday, he started to stay by mowing his lawn. All right, there you go. <laughs> wow. That's it. That's it. So, all right, let's do this. We've got Romy Davies, Valeria Romo. Sean Walters, Ambrose Partee, Sammy Schaefer, they're in the wings, they're in the house. We're going to start off with Santa Barbara High School. Romy, what's going on? Thank you, Erica, and hello, everyone. This is Romy Davies, Santa Barbara High School senior, reporting back from Santa Barbara, California, with this week's SV Dawn Sports Recap, which goes out to my friend Hudson. In volleyball news, the boys beat their rivals San Marcos at the Tournament of Champions on Saturday as well as receiving a pep talk from volleyball legend and Santa Barbara alum Karch Kareli. Unfortunately though, the boys end up losing to the powerful and experienced Newport Harbor. Um, we're swept 25-18, 25-18, and 25-21. In track news, Andreas Dibdahl performed well in another big meet over the weekend, running a personal best and finishing third in the Invitational, on my, invitational Mile on Friday. He also placed fifth in the Invitational 800 meters in another personal record on Saturday at the Mount Sac Relays in Walnut. The previous week, he had won his heat in the mile and finished second overall at the Arcadia Invitational. Coach Olivia Perdices said it was a great weekend for him, and to walk away with two personal records after his first back-to-back -back race was phenomenal, so good job to him. In baseball news, the boys incredibly beat Buena 4-3 this Thursday. After allowing Buena to score the tying run in the top of the seventh, the boys bounced back in the bottom of the inning. Kai Molt stole third base with two outs, and cleanup hitter Liam Keithley hit a bloop single to center field for a walk-off victory at Eddie Matthews Field on Friday. Santa Barbara and San Marcos play their two-game series next week, and Buena and San Marcos play twice in the final week of the regular season. That's it for this week's Espeon's Recap, and see you next time. Thank you, Romy. DP High School Chargers, Valeria Romo. What's going on? Thanks, Erica. And hey, everyone. I'm Valeria Tiburcio Romo, and I'm back with this week's Charger Recap. Starting off with girls softball, they played against Rio Mesa with the final score of 3-1. The Chargers did not win this game. This unfortunately ends their undefeated league streak. 
making their league record now 7-1. Moving on to girls beach volleyball, they had a game against Oxnard High School. The final score was 5-0, the Chargers taking the win. As of now, they remain undefeated with a league record of 7-0 and an overall record of 11-0. Then, boys volleyball had a game against our crosstown rival Santa Barbara. The final score was 3-1, unfortunately the Chargers lost. Then moving on to boys tennis, they had a match against Oxnard High School. The final score was 9-0, the Chargers taking the win. Boys baseball also took a win in their 10-inning game against Rio Mesa. The final score was 5-4. And finally, girls lacrosse. They played against our crosstown rival San Marcos. The final score was 11-10, the Chargers taking the win. The highlight of the game was when sophomore Regan Arnold scored the buzzer-beater game-winning goal to beat the Royals. Now moving on to this week's shout-out, I want to give a huge shout-out to my little sister Andrea. Thank you for always motivating me to work harder. And that is it for this week's Charger Recap. I'm Valeria Tiburcio-Romo, and I'll see y'all next week. Thank you, Valeria. I, I love it when your uncle is giving two thumbs up here because you're, the, you're a rock star. We all know that. Okay, next. All my kids are rock stars. Honestly, I'm so blessed. Okay, Bishop Diego High School, Sean Walters Cardinals. What's happening? Thank you so much, Erica. This is Bishop Diego High School senior Sean Walters coming to you live from the University of Montana. Today, I would like to give a special shout out to the University of Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado State, and the University of Montana for welcoming me onto their campuses with open arms. I definitely have some very tough choices to make. Now, starting us off with baseball, the Cardinals beat Santa Clara at home this past Tuesday, 17-0. Senior pitcher Ryan Reinschau gave up zero runs and only two hits while also scoring two runs himself. Other star senior Isaac Veal also balled out as he went 3-4 for four with three RBIs, scored three runs, and one walk. They then went on to continue the streak of success with a 21-3 victory at Santa Clara High School. Senior Paul Zoltolsky pitched all 12 innings totaling seven strikeouts on the day. There were a various amount of scores as freshman Dallas Bartholik scored two runs, other freshman David Aquispis had four runs, and junior Jacob Salas had three runs. Amazing job, guys. Moving on to boys' volleyball news, the boys got a non-league win on the road at Buena last Wednesday, 3-0. Senior Braylon Caters led the way with 15 kills. Other senior Liam Flood and freshman John Michael Flint each added 8 kills. Then on Friday, they got their second consecutive non-league victory against Camarillo. Austin Cardi led the way for the Cardinals with 33 assists, 2 kills, 5 digs, and 1 block. Anthony Eck also had a strong performance with 5 kills and 5 blocks. Great job, guys. Well, everyone, that's all I've got this week for your Bishop Sports Recap. Thank you so much for listening, and please don't forget to tune in once again next week. This is Sean Walters signing off. Thank you, Sean. Okay, we got the wonderful duet here. Ambrose Partee, Sammy Schaefer, San Marcos High School, Royals. What's going on? Thanks, Erica. It's Sammy and Ambrose here with your weekly sports update. Congrats to Cole Schoenwetter and Mackenzie Favre for being named Brown Table Athlete of the Week. Starting up with volleyball, our girls beach volleyball team beat Buena 4-1 last Tuesday, winning at the 1, 3, 4, and 5 seeds. And last Thursday, our girls beat Dos Pueblos 3-2 in a Channel League match. Kaylin Cooney and Evan Miller turned the results in our favor by battling back from a 14-11 deficit in the third set to take a stunning 16-14 win. The full match scores were 21-12, 10-21, and 16-14. Now moving on to indoor, our boys fought off an inspired Oxnard team to remain tied for the first place in Channel League. 
The scores were 25 to 16, 25 to 19, and 25 to 15. And last week, our boys beat Bleda in a 25 to 9, 25 to 9, and 25 to 13 sweep in a Channel League match. Opposite hitter and junior Nate Loomer led San Marcos with nine kills. Now moving on to tennis, our boys beat Santa Barbara 15 to 3 in a Channel League match with singles players Jed Greenwald and Carter Cottage each sweeping their three sets without the loss of a single game. Moving on to lacrosse, our girls beat Santa Barbara last Monday 19 to 8 in a Channel League match. Casey Springer scored five goals and had three assists to lead the Royals. Junior Mia Martinez-Tomatis and sophomore Clara Stump each scored four goals and had an assist. Junior goalie Megan Taylor made 13 saves. Now moving on to baseball, our boys beat Valencia 2-0 last Thursday with Brendan Chicada hitting a two-run double in the eighth inning to break a scoreless tie. Chicada went two for four on the day and Kane Hodina, Dane Dressed, and Patrick Kelly all singled. And last Monday, our boys beat Oxnard 7-2. Cole Schoenwetter and Kane Hodina paced the San Marcos offense. Each went two for three with a double and a walk. Schoenwetter drove in a run and Hodina scored three times. Brad Chicotta singled and had two RBIs. Brandon Chicotta doubled in a run and Patrick Kelly had a run scoring single. And last Tuesday, our boys beat Pacifica with Cole Schoenwetter pitching, going 6.1 innings, striking out 11 while giving up two hits and two earned runs in a 6-5 Channel League win. The Royals offense supported Schoenwetter, scoring three runs in the second inning. And finally, last Friday, our boys beat Pacifica 15-5 in a Channel League match. Darren Orlando led the production going 4-5 for five with a triple, a double, two singles, five RBIs, and two runs scored. Pacifica's runs were all unearned. Caden Hodina started on the mound for the Royals going five innings with five strikeouts. Orlando pitched the final two innings, striking out three. Brandon Jacotta went 3-for-5 with two doubles, two RBIs, and two runs scored. Schoenwetter went 3-for-3 three three with a double, walk, and three runs scored. And Steven Bradley went 4-for-5 with a double and a RBI. Also, Brad Jacotta went 2-for-3 with a double, three RBI, and two runs scored. Mason Pettengill went 3-for-4 with a double and two RBIs. Owen Estabrook added two hits, Hodina and Patrick Kelly had one each. Shout out to the baseball team! especially Owen Estabrook, Patrick Kelly, and Caden Houdina. That's what we have for you this week. Back to you, Erica. Fantastico. All right, first up, we are going to have Anthony Rodriguez and Stephanie Foster right after these messages. Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hey, everyone. This is Anthony Rodriguez from the Food Bank of Santa Barbara County. And uh, we wanted to talk a little bit today about um, our kids in the schools. 
um, how we can open up to them and actually have them open up to us. I know sometimes they go through, they go, actually, they go through a lot of things that we, a lot of us don't even know about and they are struggling, but a lot of people don't understand that if we lose their trust, then we won't be able to help them. Um, and that's one thing that I keep very close to my heart, uh, being with the situation that I had been in previously. Um, I think it's really important for me to be able to gain the trust of, of students and, um, you know, with all the things happening, drugs, um, shootings, anger, depression, there's so many things that people are getting judged by. And that's another thing that I think we also need to address is not to have so much stigma around the mental health issue or concerns. Um, you know, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to ask for help. Um, asking for help is one of the strongest things that anybody can do, but it's also the hardest things uh, that somebody can do. And it, it sometimes it makes it difficult, but I feel that we really need to discuss this a lot more so we can let people know that they can say something and having a mental health condition is just like having diabetes. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a health condition. And if we can let people know that they can get support, they can get help. Um, just like they do for diabetes. I mean, it's the same exact thing, but if we don't ask for help, then it's going to be more difficult to be okay. Um, Stephanie, what would you like to say? I agree with you 100%. Um, and having the teens be able to trust you and know that you're going to be there for them. And they'll be more likely, of course, to open up if they feel that trust. Um, I just, I, I ponder over most kids that I've known and I've dealt with, including my son, when they want help, it's, it's, there's got to be somebody, hopefully, that can address them, talk to them on the phone right away. Because if they get set off or they get have to get a call back or they get a recording, they lose their vulnerability to open up. And then that leads to the destructive behavior that can continue on and on and on. I feel that when kids reach out for help, it's after an event that happened, um, after they've partied hard and they wake up feeling remorseful or after they've done something that makes them feel remorseful. And it, it's not like the intervention, how it used to be like AA, you could do an intervention and a, it's, it, it's just different. And so the need to get to that kid or whatever, who, teenager or whatever needs to be right away. <clears throat> I think. Yeah. So that's what I think we're trying to work out. We're trying to, so we're trying to develop that, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, I mean, I'm, I I'm, I'm reflecting back on um, the school-based programs that I was a part of um, in my uh, associate years. And I mean, the, the, high school age group especially and the transitional age uh youth group is is challenging because they have the power to consent for their own treatment right and yet if they don't feel that safety if they feel like the system is um like poised to pounce on a situation um that might get them in trouble or get other people in trouble or risk their families um safety you know we have lots of different um sort of uh, political, socio-political arrangements mm -hmm. of families, multi-generational families. Sometimes, you know, there's uh, other risks that these kids are balancing. And so when it comes, you know, like sometimes you'll hear people say like, why wasn't someone there to intervene? Sometimes we are there as therapists, as academic counselors, as teachers, and even as parents. And 
Yet, if, if the child or the youth feels in any way that some of their um, social or familial supports are going to be at risk, they mm-hmm. will sacrifice themselves right. in cases to protect those people. Um, yeah. So just, you know, putting it out there that for any athletes or teens that are listening to this program, just know that the people around you care deeply about your safety and well-being. And we will do everything that we can to protect your confidentiality and your safety and the safety of the people that you love. And at the same time, sometimes the changes that need to be made for you to move out of the painful place you're in takes courage. And we will walk through that with you. But just know that like whether you're at school or you're in a club or, you know, you're just out there in the world, like there are people ready and willing to help you. And we just need you to reach out and let us know. Or if we reach out to you, like give us a chance to help. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with what everybody said. And I'm excited that at age 12, kids can consent for treatment because that's a big deal moving in the right direction of kids getting help. And trust is very important and confidentiality is important. And I, I think we need to explain the limits of confidentiality very clearly so that kids know what they can and cannot say. And if they know that, they can withhold certain things that will protect their family, maybe Mm -hmm. sacrifice themselves, but at least they're willing to trust enough knowing what they can say. And I think confidentiality is super important, knowing that we're not going to run and tell their parents Mm -hmm. or the school authorities for Mm -hmm. most most things. There's just a few reasons we would break confidentiality, right? Right. So, And I think the school is the first line of defense because kids spend so much time at Mm -hmm. schools. So go to your school counselor, go to your teacher, go to the principal. And hopefully those people have a list of resources. You know, I've worked in school-based programs, too. And a lot of times there is a little bit of a waiting list. But there are other community resources like the one in Torrance that I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. So I think that the school administrators, teachers, counselors all need those lists. There's also teen helpline, Stephanie. I know we have one where you can call right away and talk to somebody. It's mm-hmm. not ideal. That's not treatment, but at least they're reaching right. out and maybe that person on that helpline can get them hooked up with right. help. So I think it's a, a community effort. And Alex, Alex, you're you're you know, you work with kids every single day. So and you're a trainer and you're their confidant and you're their, you know, their coach. So I mean you wouldn't uh, get all the feedback that you get with the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids you've coached, probably a thousand kids over the last 20 years. Well, how do you handle it? Uh, it it's a struggle. It's a challenge. I think kids have, it's a fear. They're, they're, they're acting out of fear. They're scared. There's a stigma to therapy. Mm-hmm. When we hear people are in therapy, there's a certain response that people will give you. Like, yeah. oh, you're in therapy? And it starts. I tell everybody I'm in therapy. I love it. But but like people will will judge you, and it's unfortunate. And these these kids will learn from the top, from their parents, from adults. Oh gosh, adults are judging other adults. Imagine what Uh these kids are going to think of me Uh being Uh in therapy. Oh, Uh I I can't let my buddy know I'm in therapy. Uh He's not going to think I'm cool. Or, well, yes, I think I, don't you think it goes down from the parents because as as a, a divorce a single mom when my kids were six and three I shot them right into therapy. I mean, both of my kids have been in therapy, and I don't want to say therapy. Great. Say like talk to somebody, 
And yes. you know, I say, I make an appointment. I said, okay, you're going to talk to like, are there's different therapists. I mean, there's a Sierra Boatwright has a different technique than Adele. Okay. We've yeah. got a lot of different therapists here on the show. Um, and you just got to find, you don't want to put a circle in a square. What, what, what's the saying? Yeah. Uh, a yeah. round peg in a square hole or yeah. mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. I have ADHD, so I'm going to mix everything up. But you'll find that person. And maybe that's not the right person. Maybe you need a younger or an older, but that's the key. The fun part is the journey to find the person that you're comfortable with. Stephanie, you've gone through, you know, talked to different kinds of people. Uh, I think who has not seen a therapist in our group? Everybody is here that's been at therapy. Uh, yeah. I, I, I guess I recommend it. Can- yeah, I should have done it earlier. Kids, if you're listening, <laughs> I should have done it when I was in high school. It wasn't there for me. My dad used to beat the hell out of me. I should have saw, I should have seen someone. I should have saw a therapist. I mm-hmm. was scared. I yeah. was scared for what was going to happen to my family. Mm-hmm. Right. I and a lot of, yeah, especially. I was scared like my that. dad was going to get arrested. My mom exactly. was going to struggle, be a single parent. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the life we were living with the financial support my dad was providing, he, he was a great supporter financially. He gave us, gave me everything I wanted, but physically, emotionally, right. he was not that kind of dad. We had the I, same I learned dad. how not to be as a human being, as an adult. I learned from him, but. Uh-huh. It's go to therapy if if don't if you think you need it you probably do go for it. <laughs> everybody right. needs it <laughs> yes I I need I I still go so thank you yes Anthony it's, wrap it up know. we've got we've got a lot of show oops Anthony's here she is not here Anthony wrap yeah, it up I'm here okay, okay. yeah so go to break uh, so it, wrap it up well we just got to make sure that we let you guys know it's okay not to be okay please reach out. Don't be afraid. Um, if you guys are at any of the schools here in the county, you guys can actually go and ask them to speak to me, Anthony Rodriguez, and they'll call me and I can go in and speak to you and be that bridge um, just so you guys feel comfortable. So please, mm-hmm. if you need anything, just just ask. Yeah. Nice. Oh, wow. Good time to take a break. Stay here. Dance for me, dance for me, dance for me. Oh, 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 oh. I never see anybody do that thing you do before. Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Hello, this is Dominique Hackett with Santa Barbara Wellness Center, and I wanted to talk to teens and family members about the upcoming Arbor Day. So there's a lot in the news about Earth Day and everything that happens on the 28th, but the uh, on the 22nd, but the 28th is actually Arbor Day, which was set in motion. Uh, basically way back in 1870 by a journalist, um, I think in Nebraska City, Julius uh, Morton. And he just felt that trees were so important that people need to recognize. So Arbor in Latin means tree. And so Arbor Day is about trees. I wanted everyone to know trees have superpowers. So here's really fast some of the superpowers. So we all know 
um, that trees, you know, produce oxygen, right? About 20% of the Earth's oxygen comes from trees, but also trees help clean the air. Um, so they provide oxygen, they clean the air. Trees also help to clean our drinking water. So as water sinks into the ground, the tree's roots are, act as a filtration system and pull out some of the chemicals that uh, were filtering through our water system. Trees, obviously, they provide cooling, but they also provide, they kind of balance out the cooling and the heating. So there are landscape architects that specialize in positioning where the trees should be on the property to reduce the energy costs of a home or a building. So trees also help mitigate the effects of climate change. They help us save energy. Obviously, trees are helping with wildlife. But get this, they have evidence now that trees help reduce crime. So there were a couple of articles on the uh, Arbor uh, email that I got celebrating upcoming Arbor Day. In Baltimore, they found that if there was a tree canopy, there was a 12% decrease in crime in those areas. And so where there's trees, there seems to be less graffiti, less vandalism, less littering. So um, and then in Chicago, the public housing, they did a, a research report and they found that when there's trees in the public housing areas, there are 25 percent fewer acts of domestic aggression and violence. Wow. So trees wow. have superpowers no. and they are a great investment for our, our public spaces. Sierra, I know you're a tree hugger. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Beyond just being a, a, a shreddy gym rat therapist, I'm also a nature-based psychotherapist and you're absolutely right on all those points. Um, a couple of things that I wanted to highlight from what you said when you were talking about um, trees uh, cleaning our, our groundwater, there's actually numerous plants that do uh, a job called carbon uh, sequestering, where they, these uh, different plants have a greater or lesser effect of pulling carbon out of their root environment and out of the air and holding it in their bodies and digesting it, you know, to, to reduce the carbon in our environments. Um, on the topic of um, energy conservation through landscaping as a permaculturist and also a, a therapy garden designer, um, I have seen how using tree placement to enhance not just the therapeutic environment, but also the, the movement of air and the hot, the heat and the cooling of an area, it really shapes sometimes the way that the, those resources move through the space. And that in effect, um, helps human beings regulate themselves. Right. And I think that ties in with your crime reduction thing the canopy of trees does more than just cool the environment around them there's negative ions coming off of those trees there's an increase of oxygen obviously and there's also just a psychological sense of safety and well-being that being in a well-treated environment provides for human beings and so their nervous systems are like more regulated and it's it, they're able to move through their stressors we can look at crime as a as a behavior that's in response to stressors whether it's poverty whether whether it's violence, whether whatever it is. And so these the the presence of trees is is multi 
um, it's affecting multi layers of the life that we're sharing, whether in an urban environment or in a rural environment. Um, so I'm all down for apparently as an ecotherapist, um, that might be obvious. I'm very down for people hugging trees, for sitting under trees, for recognizing the metaphor that trees provide for us as human beings. You know, they, they bridge the earth and the sky. They are laterally providing habitat for multiple species. They're, they're doing this thing called, um, you know, an ecotherapy service, which is actually a, an area of study that people are doing because beautiful natural environments are actually providing services to the public, quote unquote, free of charge, that if they didn't have those environments, they would be having to seek those services through systems like mental health, through systems like the medical system, because they're not able to regulate their nervous systems because they are the victims of crime. Like these are like, valuable services that natural environments are doing that aren't necessarily being economically recognized, but there are an increased number of studies that are showing that. And so the funding is starting to move toward things like nature, RX, et cetera, et cetera. Alex. I got to go. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but, but no, honestly, you, you have, you have inspired me to uh, rearrange my garden because now I'm like, Oh, well, wait, can I change the energy and airflow of my landscape? This is a new project up. of mine. So <laughs> yeah, I, hit me I, up. I, I love gardening. For any areas that you work with kids in, hit me up. Let's talk. Oh, gosh. I love gardening. I was, it's the one thing that my dad gave me that, that I still hold on to is it's all that knowledge for, for gardening, landscaping. I didn't know about the, the energy flow of, of the air and all and situating it in certain areas. I'm going to have to add that to my game. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank that you. Whole, that whole landscape architecture, that's what Dominique's daughter just got her master's in it. And it's funny because just for healing gardens, you would figure that you would put them in all, I mean, any institution, a wellness center, a prison, mm -hmm. all those places. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. they're concrete boxes. Yeah, I mean, but it's again, the funding. I mean, you want to die there. It's again, like where, where are people putting the value of their money in, in an institutional organizational uh, framework? You have to basically prove to them somehow that that investment is going to make a return, right? And so in the well-being of their users or their constituents. So um, speaking of, I have to go to a therapy appointment. I have to go serve my people. Um, but I'm Sierra Boatwright, licensed marriage and family therapist. You can find me on the web, Instagram, Facebook. Would love to talk to you about this and any other things related to mental health, performance, athleticism, or tree hugging. See, See you next month, Sierra. Thank you. Bye. All right. Dominique. Well, just to finish. So some of these studies and articles are now giving a monetary value to the planting of trees. Mm -hmm. For example, they have seen a decrease in the stress of office workers who have a window and have a tree outside. Wow. There is a 25% reduction to stress if you're able to look out a window and see a tree. And not a parking lot. I love it. <laughs> that makes sense. Not not your car that you've got your six hundred dollar car payment. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let's take a break. Stay here. Let's get to Richard Ellsworth right after these messages. Well, now together we will stand every boy, girl, woman, and a man.
together we will stand every boy, every girl, and a man. We are back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the queen of teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday night. Welcome back, everyone. This is Richard Ellsworth, and I am coming to you live from Life Chiropractic West College um, up in Hayward. And uh, Dominique, you were just talking to me over break about uh, an article that you read, and I was wondering if you could uh, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I was uh, I'm always watching what's happening with food and especially the food that maybe would get a fast food restaurant or Maybe it's some new product at the grocery store. And I read an article about lab-grown meat. So I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the FDA is giving approvals for companies to get going. I think one company in particular was called Good Meat um, to start producing lab-grown meat. It should be called fake meat. (laughs) Well, no. (laughs) fake. Okay. Fake meat is usually the vegetarian version, which means that it's not meat. Um, So this is called good meat because Mm. it literally is meat. But what I didn't know, lab-grown meat, they literally take uh, what is considered in biology cancerous cells. So they take cancerous cells because a cancerous cell, and uh, Richard, you can explain this better than I can, apparently grows. You just have to give it food. And then it grows. So like essentially, uh, <laughs> may Richard comment, but essentially we're going to be, you know, going to restaurants and stuff and purchasing cancer meat to eat. That just doesn't sound good. Can you explain more uh, that you, if you know I'm anything Googling, about this? I want to buy a cow. I'm Googling. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So, um, Let's let's start with cancer cells, right? So so cancer cells are really interesting because we do have them in our body um, at all times, and the only way that they get triggered, or well, I shouldn't say the only way, but the primary way that they get triggered or activated is when they encounter an adverse response in the body, meaning something that they're not used to, something that is triggering an abnormal. Um, physical response, right? And this can this can be things from our environment, from the food that we ingest. We've known this for years. A typical cell in the body, a somatic cell, a body cell, has one nucleus, right? We know this from from high school biology. You have one nucleus, um, and you have all your little DNA and whatever floating around inside, right? Cancer cells are a little different. An abnormal somatic cell, which a cancer cell is, is binucleated. It has two nucleuses. So it is able to reproduce at a much faster rate. And that's why cancer is something that's so so deadly. So the interesting thing is, is that anything that we put in our body or anything that we have contact with, even if we touch something, our DNA in our body is having a response to that. I know it sounds very strange, but I have a feather in front of me. If I I were to touch this feather, that information, all the information that this feather is carrying is transmitting a signal to the cells in my body, to DNA. This is is a a fairly new field called epigenetics. It's not terribly new, but fairly new. Um, And epigenetics is basically saying that, yes, even though we all have a genetic code that's already established, the expression of those genes whether they are active and displaying a a trait, a polymorphism, or if they're not doing that, is determined by our mood, 
by our environment, by the food that we eat, by a million different factors, by the things that we touch. Someone's DNA is actually expressing different traits if they own a dog, right? I, I mean, it's crazy just how sensitive our bodies actually are. So I would speculate, I wonder what it would be like if you're taking a meat product that is that is essentially based on or based from cancer cells, if, if I have that right, what what you're doing is i would say is you're giving your body the signature or vibrational signature of the frequency of a cancer cell so what effect that's going to have in the body i don't know i would posit that those cancer cells that you already have in their body might start to recognize that those as other cancer cells and be stimulated to proliferate or start expressing themselves as polymorphisms and then you can end up with tumors and such um, I don't know, but it, it's definitely something worth worth thinking about. I mean, ideally, we want to be always focusing on on natural products, right? Because specifically ones that are in our environment, right? We've been hearing for years now. You know, I remember a long time ago, at least when I was a kid, it started off with uh, always eat local honey, right? Uh, because, you know, the bees are pollinating the flowers that are in your area and then it's acclimating you to allergies. Well, it, it applies to everything, eating local produce, right? That comes from the soil that you're breathing on a regular basis, right? Adapting your body into your environment has been shown to be the best way for health. On the flip side, there's something else that happens to our cells in the body when exposed to something that's toxic that can actually be positive. So sometimes when we're exposed to something that's toxic, our cells actually develop even stronger to create a resilience to those things. It's a process called hormesis. Um, this can be um, it's kind of popular with taking ice baths or sitting in a sauna, right? Hot, cold exposure is a therapy that people use to train their cells to produce energy faster. So like the Wilhelm, where you uh, go into a cold shower for like six minutes. Yeah, the, the Wim Hof idea, right? That's it's, it. It's that, yeah, it's that, that same sort of idea, right? Thank it's, you for correcting us. Wilhelm, how's my grandfather's name? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but but this, this is the idea, right, that, that, that sometimes a, a exposure to a small amount of something toxic can actually improve our system over time. So... There's still obviously a lot of research and science to be done into this. I can't imagine in a million years that being exposed to anything growing from cancer cells is a positive thing, but I, I don't know enough about it. Um, and it would be it would be really interesting to start following those studies as they come out. But as always, my advice to everybody is to just be really, really conscious of what you're putting in your body. You know, those same old guidelines about looking at the back of whatever it is you're eating, reading the ingredients. And if you don't know a word or there's a word in there you can't pronounce, don't eat it. Right. Um, if you I'm, can't pronounce it, your gut bacteria may not be able to understand it either. There you go. That's a good way to say it. So we didn't have this. We didn't have all this when we were growing up in teens and teen athletes. We got whole foods and mm. now whole foods is, you know, a big chain because you know to say yeah. so it's scary stuff. I mean, I haven't had a chicken McNugget in probably 20 years. I'm definitely never going to touch that stuff again. I don't want anything. Just the thought of what's happening. And I don't care. Teen athletes, young adults, parents grandparents we just need to know what information is out there and like you say read the ingredients look at the box but i do 
we last time we went to Trader Joe's, I really did see a lot of people reading. I was shocked. Yeah, reading the ingredients. I was nice. so great. And, and Trader Joe's was pretty. I like Trader Joe's. Yeah, but I was I was really surprised at how many people were reading. I've never seen so so many. I think Trader Joe's has that kind of clientele as well. Um. So yeah, I was I was happy to see that. You know, the other thing to give a shout outs to Trader Joe's. If you're like really relaxed and chill while you're doing your shopping and stuff, usually you can say something to a person who's in that aisle. Hey, have you tried this product? And they'll share with you if they liked that particular food or not. Usually people are, are very kind. Yeah. To shop at churches. It, nice. it is kind of like it's a community. Yeah. Country store. store. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Really good. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Trader Joe's. Definitely. <laughs> good chatter. Thank you so much, Richard. Absolutely. Wow. Um, Go ahead. You want to say something? We got we got about 20 seconds. We have a second left. So I just yeah. wanted to say real quick, um, in light of all that, what type of meat should you be eating as a teen athlete? Um, grass fed, right? That's that's always going to be our, our, our focus for eating healthy meat is always going to be grass fed. And that goes for not just athletes, but but everybody. But specifically as athletes, when you're trying to increase that testosterone, you're trying to get more protein in quickly, trying to get that blood flowing, getting the iron, the iodine in there. Um, you want to be focusing on those those grass fed proteins for sure. Right. And then we have, can't forget our Carolyn Given, something's good organic, our local produce farm, which is awesome. And we love her. We love you, Richard. Thank you again, as always. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Nice. All right. Stay here. We'll be back with more after these messages. People talking without speaking. People hearing without listening. People writing songs that voices never share. No one dared disturb the sounds of silence. We are back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday. Hi, this is Stephanie Forrester, community activist, and I'm primarily helping and trying to figure out a solution for getting our kids and people to get some immediate help um, along with the school system. I feel like we're moving. Um, we have a new superintendent that's in charge of this. Her name is Melissa Wilkins, and she's starting a project. That I, do believe, I do believe that Anthony has started it. And I do see some positive movement. And after talking to Melissa, we might have some volunteers that can answer the telephone and navigate for people when the phone cannot be picked up and, 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 and put to the right person. So bottom line, really quick, the hard numbers for Santa Barbara County are what? We had an increase. We know that, right? How big was it? Um, over the last two years, a 300% increase in fentanyl overdoses. Okay. So that, that, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's 2000, 2001 and 22, which okay. is huge. And I did want to also say something extremely fast. Bill Brown has made it over and over again. Anybody that wants to call somebody and 
talk about fentanyl, if they know somebody that's selling fentanyl, if they know somebody that's overdosing, it is complete confidentiality. He doesn't care. He will never mention your name. If you call in and, and you tell him or need something, he will take that into respect and your name doesn't even, even have to be brought up. And I think that's really important for kids to know too. Okay, Anthony. Yeah, just um, please be aware it's not safe. Um, just think of you, you're more, you're important. Reach out, ask for help, and just know that, um, you know, you, you, are, you are worth it. And, and, there's, and there's a lot of people that care, so please take care. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful. We got a minute left. I'm really thankful to the community now that the word is out. And I know we're, we're going to do whatever it takes to go after this problem because we have people in the house with like Stephanie and Anthony and we have Bill Brown and we have a very active mayor. So we have the you know superhero team to do what we need to do. And there's other services and suppliers out there that is also going to jump on board. So it's a community effort. Um, let's just stay together. Be positive. Keep a smile on your face. God bless you guys. I'm unstoppable. I'm a buzzer with no brakes. I'm invincible. Yeah, I wonder.